Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. Check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Well, it's finally here. The highly anticipated limited edition Smart Wool and Grateful Dead collection has finally dropped exclusively at smartwool.com. You may know Smart Wool as the go-to brand for all things merino wool, from socks to base layers. Smart Wool has been keeping people comfortable outside for decades with some of the softest and ethically sourced merino wool out there. Well, Smart Wool's limited edition collection and collaboration with the Grateful Dead is back by popular demand right in time for the holidays. From t-shirts and hoodies to beanies and socks, now you can have the next level comfort of Smart Wool with all your favorite iconic Grateful Dead designs. Shop the drop exclusively at smartwool.com and get it before it's gone for good. Gone, gone. Come for good. That's Smartwool, S-M-A-R-T-W-O-O-L dot com. Welcome to this special episode of Undermine, brought to you by our partners at Smartwool. I'm here with Tom and Benji. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hi, RJ. Hey, so uh, for this bonus episode, we thought that it would be fun to talk about shows where we were most in need of wool, smart wool, whether that's socks, uh, base layers, uh, maybe something dry, all the things that you can find at smartwool.com. And, and we're... Happy to partner with them, pushing out this uh, limited edition Grateful Dead collection that they have. But um, Tom, I think we had we had similar thoughts. Although I might I might pivot based on what you have to say about it. But where, what's a show where you were maybe most in need of wool? I definitely needed smart wool um, at, at Jones Beach, uh, July thirteenth, twenty thirteen. And even though it was July, this was it was freezing rain coming from way in up in the upper atmosphere <laughs> and the wind was outrageous it was so cold and um this show i stood next to ernie trey's dad 
And I remember he was all the way zipped up in one of those yellow fishing boat parkas and just his face was sticking out and it was pure waterproof. And I was jealous because my clothing had already soaked through um, earlier out in the lot. I don't know if you remember, RJ, if, if, if we are talking about the same show, people had rigged up multi-vehicle tents with tarps. And I remember going from like enclave to enclave, just saying hi to people randomly and stopping in for the party. And everyone was friendly, but everyone was like, you know, taking shelter from the rain. It was so fierce that many of these like shelters blew away with us under them. And then we'd run to another better secured one. And the water was doing that like flash flood thing. And it had already like covered my feet. So um, in some places it was many inches deep. And in the venue, I remember it was deep for some sections of seats. I'm amazed that they even put on the show. But so I, I've hiked and camped the entire Appalachian trail of New Jersey and, um, a lot in New York and Vermont too. And one thing that I've learned from camping is that cotton is called the death fabric jeans. <laughs> if it gets wet, it can hold many times its weight in water. That's and so, so nice. And so it never dries and it loses its insulating properties immediately. So it's bad news for boating and it's bad news for camping. If you, if you might get wet, never wear, never wear jeans. You wear synthetic, synthetic clothes, or you might've guessed it, Wool. Wool is a natural fabric that does shed water and does retain insulating qualities when it gets wet, when it's wet outside. And it does dry quite fast when the rain stops. Um, Trey made sure we got some water songs that night, by the way. We got Water in the Sky, Song I Heard the Ocean Sing, uh, Waiting in the Velvet Sea. Um, although you guys would be more interested in the tweezer and the reprise, I'm sure. But anyway, wear that smart wool if it's going to rain. So, okay. Thanks, Tom. And I have a, I have, I have, I was at that show. We're talking about the same show. Um, there were a few things. Number one, at the time you could not buy alcohol inside of Jones beach theater. Right. I think that's changed, but so we're in there. The only place you could stay dry in the entire place was like the, um, opening between the sections, you know? So like basically everyone who was trying to stay dry during the first set, was in the same spot and, and like the entrances to the bathrooms. And it was like a, you know, 12 or, or so song first set. And it was, you know, it was, it was crazy because the Rebo, which is really good. is just, it's just out there. I mean, it's, it's clearly like they were just trying to like get the, get the, the show, the set over with. And the, the amazing part was that this, the second set, it stopped raining and a lot of people left, like many people left. And so I ended up just walking down basically to the to the rail for the second set, which, like you said, Tom, it had rock and roll into 2001, into Tweezer, into Cities, into The Wedge, and then Velvet Sea, Character Zero, and there's Sleeping Monkey, Encore, and a Tweezer reprise. And, um, you know, that like that it was worth it. And I'm really glad I didn't leave. But um it was really miserable. I don't even think I had a raincoat. I think I was just soaking wet and it was just miserable. And so I, I agree with you about that. I'll just give a shout out to Coventry as a place where I needed something because my shoes <laughs> came off in a, in the mud. So <laughs> I had another pair of shoes that I tied like tightly and I slept with my shoes on because I, was, <laughs> I just didn't take them off the whole time after I lost my flip-flops in the mud. And I think everyone there could have used some, you know, extra clothes. Benji, what what do you what do you have uh, to say about that, and what what's your pick? 
Well, I think for Coventry, we needed a collective. We needed like one giant, like, you know, rescue squad or something. Uh, we needed more than wool. <laughs> They're still harvesting shoes from that field, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I think I, I think I probably have a pair of flip flops in there somewhere. Uh, so does. if you see if you see them, return them, please. I want them back. Um, but you know, most need most in need of wool. You know, RJ, uh, Tom, I think I'm gonna be undermines Gonzo delegation here. Um, but I, I'll do it in the name of entertaining our, our listeners. Um, in the fall of 1999, I set out for Manifest Destiny, but you know, fish tour style. Driving, you know, all the way from from the East Coast, my little town of Campbell, Pennsylvania, all the way to first it was Vancouver on uh, nine nine ninety nine, oh. uh, but then the next day it was at the Gorge, and it was a big moment for me. You know, the Gorge was famed venue. I'd heard all about it, and you know, like everybody does when you go in there at the top of the hill, I, I kind of paused to just take it all in, and it was a blazing hot day. I remember that, um, you know. But then leaving the venue that night. On a head full, you know, uh, on the first night on September 10th, I got swept up in a parade, uh, or at least I, <laughs> here's the thing. I thought it was a parade. It was a group of people walking, they're celebrating, they're saying things, you know, out loud, they're shuffling, they're laughing, you know, it's a parade. And I recognize that energy and I just decided I was going to get swept up on it, you know, but of course, Another way of looking at it would just be it was a large crowd of people leaving a venue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now at the Gorge, you know, 99% of the people who go to the go to the Gorge, at least especially the Gorge in 1999, you end up camping there overnight, either in tents or, or an RV. You know, I had neither. Um, but since the closest hotel within a vacancy was three hours away, before the show, my my friend and I decided we were gonna we were gonna sleep in the car, in his car, you know, after the show. Now, another thing about the gorge that I didn't know at the time, because being from the East Coast, I didn't realize that it's high desert, which meant that even though it was blazing hot in the afternoon, it would be freezing cold by by nighttime. You know, and the extremes at that point that was unheard of to me. If it, you know, so so I was in a t-shirt and shorts for the show. Uh, I don't think I noticed the temperature drop at all during the show because I was dancing and I was sweating and I was in my own little world, and also, of course, I was on chemicals that are are designed to rob you of your ability to correctly assess a temperature. So I'm caught up in this parade and I'm just, I'm having a grand old time, by, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm yelling wild proclamations, uh, like, you know, things like they would never stand for this in Norway, you know, <laughs> or, or like it was Mr. Potato Head after all, just like totally random. Every parade know. has one of you. Totally. Exactly right. This is so you great. Know, death is imminent. You know, I would yell like random Things like that, you know, and so the parade. That's takes called me, raining on a parade, by the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, well, the, the parade takes me way, way, way past where my friend's car was by what, you know, what, what felt like a country mile. And then eventually a, a weird thing happens to the parade. Uh-oh. One by one, my fellow paraders, who, by the way, I was not engaging in direct dialogue with, they kind of just disappeared in tents <laughs> one by one and two by two. And I was becoming suspicious at this point that maybe it wasn't a parade after all. Uh, I mean, it, it was, but it ended when, you know, people arrived at their campsite and suddenly I'm by myself, nowhere to go, no parade to lead me home. And it is cold. And I'm on the other side of the camping area from my friend's car, which means I'm completely lost, you know, and I'm out of my head. I, I make the most of it. I make friends with strangers, you know, I, I spondrel around. I have, I have some, some type of fun. 
Eventually, I find my friend's car. It's like four in the morning at this point. I'm shivering because it's so cold. My friend is in the car, and I can hear him snoring through from outside, but the doors are locked. And so, you know, I knock, and he's snoring in there. I knock louder. He's still snoring. And, you know, all my stuff is in the car with him. My hoodies, you know, everything is in the car. And, and I guess that meant that it was safe because the car is locked, but it also meant that I couldn't get to it. And I also had no place to sleep. You know, and I knock louder. I start shouting his name. I'm rocking the car. It's one of those things like from the movies. I wake up all the neighbors. They're all yelling at me you know, and cursing at me, you know. So I had no other option at that point. I, I, and I remember, you know, with my own brand of humor at the time, I remember thinking to myself, humorously, this is my loneliest night on the planet. And, and, uh, you know, cause I, I had no other option, but to lay down on the cold brown earth, it's like five in the morning, you know, and I knew I'd be, you know, chuckling and laughing about it years later, or even the next day. But what happened next, I'll never forget this. And this is where smart will really could have come in handy. I, you know, I'm, I'm t-shirt shorts, cold brown earth. And I find this Peter Pan hat. You know, someone left it behind. It's a felt hat, you know, just, just a few inches. It's left over and from I, the parade. Yeah, exactly right. And, and uh, you know, it's like a starving mouse, fi- you know, find, finding like a breadcrumb or something, right? So like, <laughs> I, I grab it like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is going to save me. And I, I, had a, I had an important decision to make. This little, you know, six or eight inch felt hat, I could either put it down beneath me as my sheet to protect me from the cold brown earth, or I could use it as my pillow. Or it could be my blanket, you know? And I'm pretty sure I tried all three out before eventually I curled up in a ball. I placed it on top of my bare arms, you know, which were absolutely freezing. And at this point, it's like, it's shortly before sunup. I, I may have dozed off for less than an hour. I may have just sat there fake sleeping. I, I don't remember. But, you know, there's really no punchline in here other than, you know, there was some, the sun came up. And eventually I, my, my friend wades up and, and I, I, I got a few hours of sleep in the car. Um, like you said, there's no punchline to this other than, well, goddamn, I really wish I had smart wool that day. <laughs> I'm so cold listening to that story. I'm, like I I'm just got vote, very cold. I'm going to vote Benji as the winner of, of who needed smart wool. Yeah. Lonely's not, not, even a, not even, and they, I can't believe they named that whole series Lonely Planet after you <laughs> because of that. And and now, you know, we can remember that every time we see those books in the bookstore. And, um, and now I'll, I'll never leave home without smart wool. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you for that story, Benji. All right. That's that's it for us. We uh we we were all in need of Smartwool, but but you don't need to be in need of Smartwool because you can find Smartwool at smartwool.com and check out the Grateful Dead collection. It's a limited edition. It's only going to be out for for a little while, so check that out. And uh, thanks to our partners at Smartwool, and we'll be bringing you another one of these very soon. Osiris. Hey, music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. 
It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!